what's up? I'm Thomas. Thank you very much for tuning in to the second episode of the Niagara Moon podcast. Um, if you listened last week, you'll notice I, uh, I sound a lot better. I'm not sick anymore. Um, finally, took a while, but uh, feeling a lot better. Just got back from the gym, took a shower, shaved. My face is a little raw. I was a little sloppy with the razor, but uh, I'm primed and ready to do another one of these things. Um, if you're tuning in for the very first time, this is the official Niagara Moon podcast. As I uh, continue doing these things, I'll, uh, I'll figure out what works, what uh, sticks, what's interesting for you guys to listen to. In the meantime, I'm um, still answering uh, just a few different questions, touching on topics, um, different topics presented to me by uh, fans. If you look back at the uh, previous bunch of episodes before episode one, you see something that says like TATP archives. Um, those are a bunch of episodes from when I had my previous podcast, which was called Talking About the Passion. Um, it's kind of like this podcast, but I would interview a bunch of other musicians and feature their music. Um, some pretty cool stuff in there. I, I got to meet a lot of really talented artists that way. So uh, check that out if you're interested. The um, announcements at the beginning and end of each episode are kind of dated at this point, but whatever, the uh, content is still cool, I think. So anyway, uh, second episode of Niagara Moon Podcast coming at you on a Thursday afternoon. Um, I realized when I did the first episode last week, I was all over the place. I touched a little bit on a lot of different uh, questions, but still lots of uh, room to elaborate and talk more, which is good because um, it's a lot of time to fill up here. i got to figure out uh, what to talk about. Um, to start off today's episode, the uh, one uh, fan-submitted question that I didn't really touch on last time, uh, this guy initials uh, DC. So DC wanted to know the uh, history of Niagara Moon. So the history of Niagara Moon, I think I should start out by... Uh, talking about the time I moved to Japan. So when I was a teenager, I was studying Japanese, um, eventually became my major in college. But anyway, I was studying Japanese for a few years, and I really wanted to uh, visit Japan um, for whatever reason. I, I liked uh, learning the language. I liked the kind of exciting newness of foreign culture. Um, that's something I could try to elaborate more on in the future. But uh, anyway, I moved to Japan to um, study abroad at a university. University, I was living in Kyoto. And um, at the time, the kind of music I was doing was entirely instrumental. And it was like electronic. Um, it was, had very little to do with the kind of music I do now, for the most part. Um, I was doing kind of an experimental, instrumental, electronic thing. It's the kind of music I'd been making for a few years. I was really into, well, I still like um, Flying Lotus and Square Pusher and some kind of, you know, freaky British electronic stuff. Um, and I was starting to get a little burned out on that by the time I was uh, living in Japan, studying in Japan, um, just working by myself on a laptop. It started feeling like not what I should be doing if I was going to still be really into making music. I was kind of looking for a new direction. So uh, I got into actually 
writing and singing proper songs, um, I kind of caved into my Beatles influence and uh, Simon and Garfunkel and a bunch of other more uh, kind of traditional artists. I was just feeling that direction more. I thought it'd be really fun to start a band in Kyoto. Um, and this story's getting kind of long, so I'll gloss over a lot of the details. But uh, I had a band in Kyoto for a while. First, we were called Opoyos. And then um, some members uh, in the group changed up. We went through a couple different phases. We eventually settled on Otarehan. And I actually have a couple albums on Spotify as Otarehan. Um, the second one of those I'm pretty proud of. It's called the WP. Anyway, I was doing this band, Otarehan. I was really into other Japanese music. Part of the appeal of uh, going to Japan for me was I kind of fell in love with a lot of um, older Japanese pop music that was just seemed really cool to me and the only reason it wasn't super popular in this country and had a following was just because it was in a foreign language and people are kind of put off by music that's not in English for the most part um, and I could name a whole slew of artists uh, that I would recommend I'll do again I'll do so in a future episode but um, so I, was, uh, I had this Japanese band really into Japanese music uh, which gets me to the name Niagara Moon. So one particular Japanese musician, um, a big figure in uh, Japanese pop music from the 70s and 80s for me, this guy, Eichi Otaki. And um, he has a bunch of albums, and one of them was called Niagara Moon. Not even my favorite album of his, but it's a pretty cool-sounding title, I think. And um, so... I was doing Otarehan, but then eventually I decided I wanted to settle back into America. I didn't want to live in Japan long, longer term, like, you know, my whole commit my life to it. So suddenly I was uh, without Otarehan. I was back in Massachusetts um, waiting to start my last senior year of college. Uh, and I was like, well, where am I with music now? What's my next project? And, um, Again, experimented working with this person or the other person, but um, through doing that, we had to decide a band name, and uh, Niagara Moon, that catchy kind of title, was there for the taking. And um, so that's how it started. I was back in Massachusetts suddenly after two and a half years living in Japan and writing a lot of songs in Japanese and totally immersed in a very different world. I was kind of by myself again, but I was now incorporating the older kind of electronic and experimental, uh, more computer-based approach to making a song with uh, my newfound kind of songwriting chops, properly singing and writing lyrics and, uh, you know, being focused on melodies and all that stuff. So I was kind of meeting the two worlds together. Um, so if you listen to Eating Peaches, that's... Uh, especially the first few songs, that's kind of the origin of that. I've, I found my, my sound um, as more of a solo artist beyond uh, Otarehan. Um, so that's a little bit of the history there. That's a little bit how I got started. Um, just kind of went on the momentum of that uh, after I finished my senior year of college in Massachusetts. My girlfriend, Huimin, and I moved to Seattle. We lived there for a while. She became more a, uh, a part of Niagara Moon, a part of that project. Um, started 
performing uh, as a duo with her a lot more. I also uh, took on a band for a while uh, when I was in Seattle, and um, a lot of the songs I made with those guys, uh, that's on the album, Back to Something New. Um, again, kind of going all over the place, but uh, that gives you maybe a little bit more context as to you know, when, when stuff came together. Um, so Niagara Moon, I would say, officially started, yeah, that summer of 2015. Um, started making uh, songs for eating peaches, though, when I was like, I think, 20 at the youngest. I'm 25 now, so it's, uh, it's been going on a while. Um, he, uh, DC, also wanted to ask about major influences on my music. Um, of course, I could go on and on about the Beatles, talked about them a bit in the last episode i'll uh, let you guys in on some uh some new info though i've been my artists uh of choice for the past few months that i i feel like i'm taking a lot of inspiration from with my new songwriting like totally new songs songs that aren't going to be done for months and months um elliot smith i'm really into these days uh if you don't know elliot smith he was a uh solo singer-songwriter guy back in the 90s and early 2000s he unfortunately committed suicide uh, about 15 years ago and that's that's that whole other thing i mean a lot of his music is kind of described as very dark and he's kind of a dark character but um he's not all about that uh and the main thing for me that uh really that i'm really into about his music is the melodies, like the the harmonies, the interesting, the beyond interesting stuff he does with chord progressions and how songs just kind of unfold in a really unique and very like deeply compelling way. Um, and he plays pretty much all the instruments himself. That's always something I'm I'm intrigued by. Guys who just like do it all themselves, you know. If, um, I do uh, bring in other musicians here and there, like drummers and guitarists for my project, but I like to do a lot of stuff myself and kind of have that, um, I feel that gives songs like a particular focus. You can tell it's like one person's um, expression, of something they're hearing in their head into a recording um, coming from one person. That's always kind of been interesting to me. So been really into Elliot Smith. And um, another guy that's kind of like him, that's current, um, and who's also pretty influenced by him, uh, Andy Schaff. I really recommend Andy Schaff to anybody who is uh, into Niagara Moon. He's definitely another big influence for me. He's a uh, Canadian artist. I think he's from Saskatchewan. Um, he's really a really good songwriter. He's also very influenced by the Beatles and Harry Nilsson. I love Harry Nilsson as well. But... Uh, his album, The Party, is very, very good. That's a very, very polished, well-written, just slow, careful, deliberate, you know, jam of an album. I highly recommend that one. Um, so he's another guy I've definitely been into recently. I could go on and on. I mean, I listen to a ton of music every day. Um, I guess another one I'll, I'll pull out for now is, uh, they're a little cheesy sometimes, but Steely Dan, honestly... Um, again, the, the melodies and the grooves and kind of the, the fine details and the kind of the sardonic lyrics they have just the, and the, again, they're very studio oriented, very recording oriented. Um, those are another couple of guys I've definitely been into recently. 
Um, I think particularly their early stuff. They get a little, a little too jazzy and kind of, I don't know, a little, little too out there for me with uh, with some of their later stuff. But uh, yeah, that's kind of what comes to mind for now in terms of major influences. Sorry, I had to pause for a second there to uh, send a text. I guess I'm not giving this thing 100% of my focus so far. But uh, um, DC was also asking about other arts I have passion for. I, I will say in general, I'm kind of a, a one-track mind sort of person in terms of really trying to make the best music I can. I'm thinking about music a lot or otherwise I'm thinking about how to get my music out there and share it with other people and get other people interested, you know, stuff like doing this podcast, for example. Um, but in terms of other arts that I have passion for, not that I really do other stuff myself, but I'm very interested in film for sure, cinema. I, uh, I've seen a lot of movies, for sure, especially when I was like 14, 15. I had a lot of uh, spare time, and I was starting to make a lot of new friends with a lot of new cool suggestions for, for different movies to check out, and I got into all the, uh, you know, the, um, the popular niche directors, Scorsese, David Lynch, Stanley Kubrick. Um, I mean, I could go on and on, but I'm definitely a fan of a film, I would say. Um, you know, I'm uh, not afraid to watch stuff that's maybe a little weird at times or older movies. Um, there's a lot of Japanese movies, again, Japanese stuff, um, I'm into a lot of that. Uh, Kitano Takeshi has made a lot of cool movies. Um, some Hitoshi Matsumoto movies. I mean, these are kind of deep cuts. I don't know if you guys are going to really be familiar with a lot of that, but um, definitely in the movies. If you guys have any particular recommendations for like newer movies to check out, uh, I'm definitely all ears. I've been kind of falling off recently in terms of uh, paying attention to stuff that's coming out now don't have as much uh, time as I used to to just like Google search like what the cool weird new films are uh, are coming out last year I, with a buddy of mine I saw Hereditary and uh, that was very disturbing but also really well made it has my vote for one of the the best movies of 2018 for sure um, I've seen a lot of scary movies I'm definitely a horror movie fan but I have to watch them with someone else I can't watch them by myself and my girlfriend, Hui Min, is definitely not into horror movies. So the uh, the opportunities I have to watch new ones are kind of limited at this point. Um, yeah, horror movies are fun. I used to, uh, again, when I was more of a teenager, 16, 17, you know, a lot of spare time, uh, a lot of opportunity to, to just, opportunity to stay up ridiculously late. We'd have uh, a bunch of us, would gather at my friend's house and we order a couple pizzas and we'd get like four horror movies from Blockbuster. So, you know, this was a long time ago. We'd get a bunch of movies from Blockbuster and um, we'd nerd out and stay up till four in the morning trying to watch as many as we could and try to scare ourselves. And those were the uh, 
the good old days, I guess they say. Um, but besides movies, what else am I into? Other arts. I wish I was more into fine art or that I understood it more. Um, just visual art on its own. I feel like I don't have the the mindset to understand, really. I don't know. Like, I don't do it myself. I've never tried to paint or draw, really. Um, if I'm traveling in a new city and kind of looking for something to fill up an afternoon uh, once in a while, I'll go to, I'll go to a uh, contemporary art museum or something. Um, I kind of like art museums. I like the... Uh, just the way they're built, the weird, big, open buildings. I don't know. It's kind of fun to, to go to for a couple hours if I'm looking to kill time. I went to Chicago last year, and I went to, I think it's called the Contemporary Art Museum in Chicago, and that was a load of bullcrap, though. That was, like, the most pretentious, ridiculous modern art museum I'd ever been to. Um I was just like, what the hell is this? I think it was the like top floor was this exhibit on, I think it was like how my life has been influenced by the internet, something like that. It was really uh, trying to be cutting edge and whoever the artists were, I think they were like in their 20s and oh, so stupid. It was like, I don't know if you guys are into Tim and Eric Awesome Show, but it was like Tim and Eric Awesome Show without any jokes, but just that level of like, in your face ridiculousness and like weird glitchy I like I'm trying to remember one of the exhibit one of the specific exhibits was like two computerized faces on two different screens like poorly animated talking to each other um with a computer voice too like uh like a Stephen Hawking voice box type of voice but the text was like like the artist talking with their dad via Facebook Messenger and the dad's in Nigeria. I mean, whatever, kind of a unique idea, but it was just like, oh, this is too bizarre right now. I can't deal with this. Um, and then there was like a room that you go in that's lit really strangely. Of course, there's always something like that in an art museum, but just this video of this like modern dancer Oh, so weird. It was like he was inserting himself into a video game. Like he was an avatar in a video game that you would control, or at least it looked like that, but it was just like a movie you'd put together. Um, and like, yeah, maybe that could be cool, but it just also has that really obtuse, strange, artsy angle, and like the dancing kind of really wasn't that good either. And... um uh, anyway, there's so yeah, I I have a weird relationship with with uh, fine art maybe, but uh, definitely a movie fan. What else is there? Isn't that like I I used to read. I used to read a lot when I was like a kid. I used to read a ton of fiction. I'm still all about Harry Potter, the audiobooks too. All about that Jim Dale forever. Um, but again, I don't have a ton of time now even for f movies, so I really don't read any fiction. Unfortunately, um, I will read nonfiction once in a while. I like to uh, read biographies. Like, I don't know. I feel like I barely have time for real life. I can't make any time for, for fantasy worlds anymore. Um, but I will read once in a while. Um, I, I read uh, Silver Screen Fiend by Patton Oswalt. 
maybe a deep cut there for you. Um, big fan of stand-up comedy, and I really like Patton Oswalt, and he talks about watching way too many movies um, back when he was younger. I don't know. I found it interesting for some reason. Had jokes in it. Um, so, yeah, that kind of reminds me. I'm a big stand-up fan. That might be my... Uh, that might be neck and neck with uh, being interested in movies. Uh, I I just I like to laugh. I like comedy. Um, Sebastian Maniscalco has a new special out on Netflix. I haven't seen it yet, but that's like the next thing I'm I'm excited to check out. Uh, he's a really funny guy from Chicago. Um, yeah, I just I really like jokes. I really I, I like kind of weird humor, kind of dark humor sometimes. Um, I don't know what kind of stand-up guys do you uh, do you all like if you're into comedy. Putting that out for, there for you to to answer. Um, so yeah, uh, that's some other arts I passion for besides music. But music is the thing that I could just blab on and on about for an hour. Um, but I'll spare you from that for now. Uh, another thing DC was interested in. Uh, having me kind of include in this podcast potentially was recording bloopers. Um, as in when I'm making a song and I screw something up, you know, weird mistakes that I might make. And it's funny that he brings that up because I don't record or put my songs together in like the traditional way you might think. Like you might think, uh, you know, this is take one, recording the piano part for this song and start at the beginning, play until the end, and you try to just do it perfect all the way through. If you make a mistake, you got to do it again. Maybe you do a bunch of takes and you do something called comping where if you make a little mistake in take three, but otherwise it's good, and um, you take uh, take number five, which has a perfect version of that part you screwed up in take three, so you just combine them so you have the perfect versions of all the takes. I do definitely do that. I think most people do that. That's kind of the fastest, easiest way to uh, to record different parts of a song. But I like do that to an extreme. A lot of my sounds, a lot of the parts in my songs are MIDI, which stands for musical something, digital interface something. Um, I don't know, but it's... Instead of, let's see if I can explain this, instead of creating the sound in real life like that you could hear just as an outsider watching me and like recording it with a microphone and the microphone goes into the computer, no, a lot of my um, sounds, a lot of my keyboard sounds and other instruments that I'll like have in my stuff, the sounds are in the computer. They exist inside the computer on a software that's a big truck going by. I wonder how much you can hear that. Uh, but you'll hear computer sounds, basically. I'll like tweak them a bit to get them the more the way I like them. But um, the, the sound is not happening in, in real life in the air. Um, the sounds are in the computer, and I am triggering them. I'm telling the computer what notes are happening when through this language called MIDI, this digital interface thing and that looks like a bunch of rectangles on my screen that each represent notes and how long the notes are da, 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 da. and um, so on the subject of bloopers 
I don't do like a lot of takes and then comp. I'm working in MIDI and I like to go, go, go when I'm recording because I'm always in a rush with it because I want to move on to the next thing. I only allot myself, you know, a certain amount of time to do it. And I don't really have bloopers. Like I'll have all these mistakes as I record the MIDI and then like I'll just like fix the MIDI. <laughs> it's kind of cheating maybe, but like, you know, I'll I'll record it and maybe like within a few times I've like really just gotten the feeling I'm looking for. I'm not thinking about mistakes or caring about mistakes. I just want to like get the overall feeling down and then I'll just go in and like fine tune really quickly the things that I screwed up as I was just like putting down the takes or a stream of consciousness. So in terms of like a blooper, I don't know, that might be kind of boring, you know, like it's it would just end up being where I'm hitting the note a little before, a little after when I should have, or like my finger slips. My finger slips on the keyboard a lot. Um, I don't really practice because that takes time. I just like to either be writing songs or just bam, laying down the parts because I like to go, go, go. So that might be kind of boring. Um, with bass, <laughs> when I'm recording a bass line, it's like, that on steroids in terms of like I definitely do not record takes all the way through on bass I'll have an idea in my mind of how I want the overall bass line to sound and I'm just like bass is not a, an instrument I have nearly as much experience with as I do keyboard it's um, it's not something I would ever be comfortable playing live really I only play it in recording context and the reason is my bass lines are like like 50 takes that are just like three to five seconds long. Like I'll get the line down the way I like for a little bit. And then I'll, of course, just like, I'm not paying attention and trying to be really careful and I'll make a mistake. So then I just like cut and paste the one part of the baseline that came out well, and then move on to the next like few bars and just go little bit by little bit. So it can just like be like perfect and seem really fancy and flashy even though that's never the way I would really be able to play in real life um, so if I'm not having uh, somebody else who plays bass just record for me that's that's kind of how I'm working with that so I don't know maybe that would be interesting for you to just like hear how I would play bass all the way through and you know kind of expose me for the the fraud I am in that sense but um I don't know what else can I touch on about this singing I do when I'm recording takes for vocals I definitely do try to sing all the way through or at least when I'm doing like the main vocal take before I put in harmony and all that other stuff and um, there's definitely a lot of mistakes in that for sure I do a lot of comping um, I can hear when I'm singing I can hear if I'm not singing a note in tune, I can hear at, as I'm singing, oh, that's flat or oh, that's sharp. I'm not, I'm not hitting that the way I need to hit it. I can always notice my mistakes, but I just don't necessarily have the vocal control, the physical control to hit them the way I hear them each time. Again, I don't practice. Uh, I've never taken vocal lessons. I just do a bunch of takes, do the best I can, and then um, you know I might clean stuff up on the computer a little bit. I don't use uh, auto-tune, but, uh, you know, there might be a little digital help here and there. Um, again, if I gave myself more time to practice and just get comfortable with the technical side of all this, with the keyboard, with the bass, with the vocals, uh, 
if I gave myself enough time, I could get it, you know, I could get a perfect take, but it's like saves me so much time just to do it the way I do it. And, um, you know, that's why we have computers. In the old days, uh, you had to be pro, and now you got pro tools. So there you go. Something else DC was interested in was um, taking suggestions for just like improving songs on the spot. I think that's a cool idea. I'll have to get a little more uh, fan engagement from y'all before I could really dig into that. But uh, yeah, maybe when the time comes, I'll, I'll like ask you guys uh, what I should just randomly try to write a song about on the spot. Um, take a different, uh, take different like prompts from you guys see what happens that could be fun for sure um and then lastly to just show what i'm working on um i guess that means in terms of new songs i have in the works i don't want to give away my my secrets too early um i am working on a lot of new songs even newer than the uh the ep i just released by the way sign up for that if you haven't already i'm sure a lot of you listening already have thank you for checking it out but uh fuss budget ep um, released that last month, um, but released it only through this uh, interactive online experience. If you're listening to this and you're, uh, you want to check that out, go to freeniagaramoonalbum.com slash new EP. So anyway, uh, I don't want to show you guys stuff that's not going to like come out for a year or whatever, but I could maybe songs that I've already released or at least released in this um, exclusive special way for uh, particularly interested fans. I could like kind of break down songs, show you different parts like soloed by themselves, kind of take you through my uh, song making process a little more intimately. That could be interesting. Um, If that's something you'd like to hear, definitely let me know. As I said, I'm, I'm still figuring this all out what uh what's interesting for you guys on the uh the listener end so definitely uh you know don't be afraid to shoot me a message so i've certainly talked a lot my throat's starting to feel a little sore oh no i don't want to get sick again but uh, maybe i'll leave leave off here for now uh so yeah i kind of took you through a uh winding journey today i will uh reiterate um like DC or all the people that I responded to last week, if you have any kind of question for me, something you want me to talk about, it doesn't have to be about music, could be about whatever, it could be about current events, anything, um, you know, if I want to, I'll try to, uh, to touch on it. Yeah, I'll call it a day for now. Thank you very much for checking into the Niagara Moon podcast, and uh, hopefully I'll see you next week.